It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Welcome to a Tuesdays here at Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, hope you're doing all right. Numbers to get in today at 489-1240, 489-1240, or 800-825-5865 across the Hale Varsity Radio Network, wherever you hear us, can watch the show. Encouraged to do that on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that and give us a follow on the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. If you want to see Elijah's brand new tire for his Impala, uh, can jump on uh, Elijah's Twitter at Herbalescence. Can find me at Schmidt underscore radio. There's probably some derogatory comment about my child I'm making on social media. So there is that entertainment. Uh, can email the show Chris at HaleVarsity.com. We'll spend time with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Mitch going to join us in about 20 minutes or so. Get his take. Coach Tony White. Coach Satterfield, several players, but some interesting comments and thoughts from Heinrich Harburg, just uh, what it's like to be the quarterback at Nebraska as a Nebraska kid. So we'll hear some of that. We'll hear uh, a pretty stern Tony White with just his defensive defense's performance against Michigan State and what you got to have on Saturday against Maryland. And then a little bit from Coach Satterfield, uh, with uh, first downs, right? What is Nebraska doing or not doing on first downs? So uh, all of that in front of us. Nebraska basketball, men's and women's, off to a 1-0 start. Uh, both of them covered, in case you're wondering. The men uh, dominant uh, last night. The women incredible as uh, they were up 16 rip uh, before you could blink. So we'll talk with uh, Husker standout, the pride of Ord, Andy Markowski with us at five. And then it's time to get a little offensive line perspective. Uh, Former Husker pizza man, Matt Verzel, going to be with us, Verz, around 525. So you and your tire, this whole ordeal uh, is finally solved. Uh, How light in the wallet are you? Was it bad? Was it painful because you blew your tire in western Iowa, east of Council Bluffs, Sunday coming back from a weekend roadie to East Lansing in Chicago. Honestly, the the blow to the wallet was not as substantial as I would have guessed. Matthew chimes in the stream. He guessed about a hundred or two hundred and thirty dollars. That's about what I was uh, planning on. Firmly under that number. So maybe I just bought myself a garbage tire and it's going to go flat here again. We'll see. But I felt like I got a pretty good price on it. And I would like to note, while this tire was being mounted this morning. I was like, you know what? I'm going to kill some time. I don't have a car. I went and got myself a cup of coffee, went and got myself a bagel, and then just proceeded to walk. So if you saw me wandering through your South Lincoln neighborhood at some point this morning. Call the police. No, no. 
this was not Elijah Herbal strung out on drugs. (laughs) Mustache, flannel, uh, probably a Pearl Jam t-shirt on. Beware! Lock the doors. Make sure the garage is shut. Well, I was wearing like like my my wool flannel uh-huh. and like was just wandering. Around. I, I definitely didn't really put that much thought into my outfit this morning because I was like, I'll, I'll you change buy Walmart. I was not. I, I'm, I'm not going to disclose what location I was in. <laughs> they're, they're not paying for for shoutouts, clearly. But if you saw an individual that looked like Elijah Herbal, like man, that guy looks like he's strong out. You're just kind of wandering, walking with no rhyme or reason. Tall and thin, mustache. I mean, he's walked the same creepy. road three times. That was in fact me, and I would like to note that I am doing fine. I was just trying to kill some time, and I was not strung out or drunk or anything like that. I'm doing <laughs> it's okay only now. Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday morning at it's that. Only Tuesday morning. So. But, I'm, uh, I'm, but yeah, I do have the the tire situation handled. It's been mounted on the car, and we're we're home free now. So that that ordeal is now behind me. That that is big. Now uh, I I lease vehicles uh, just because, and I I've had within the the first three months of my last two vehicles, there's been some sort of bolt in my tire, so I've had to go get the tire plugged, and one completely shredded. So. Uh, I, I went to the used tire place since it's a lease and got a used tire oh, for like makes sense. 38 bucks. That makes sense. So See, I didn't even, like, I, I inspected the tire. I don't even know what caused it to go flat on Sunday. There was no bolt. There was no nail. There was Murphy's no, Law. It was the weekend. It was just the sidewall just absolutely blew out and it got shredded. So I'd, I'd like to thank the good folks for, for helping me get my tire. And they, they don't sponsor us, so I'm not going to shout them out sure. that much. But I will shout them out if they are listening. Thanks for all the help on the tire this morning. So it's good to be past that. Back to football. James asks the question, is Chubba a real option being this late in the year? I think we rock with the Carney kid asking for a friend. James, I think you're right. I think they, they ride the Carney kid until it maybe becomes a breaking point. And what I mean by breaking point is that there's no regression on turnovers. So you're saying ride him until, you know, the wheels fall off? Maybe the wheels go flat? Well, (laughs) possibly. And you can't have the the same mistakes being made. And and the other part of this, too, is is the indecision, right? He's got to play free. And and let's hear from, from Coach Satterfield here. And that's cut 13. That That's really the, the key here for Nebraska moving forward. Uh, yes, offensive line play, better first down production, a, a run game that is going to be leaned on, uh, maybe being a little less pass happy. Uh, but again, that comes back to the offensive line. But uh, here is Satterfield on, on playing free. Uh, that's pretty important. Uh, for Nebraska moving forward. Can he get in, in the right headspace moving forward? He was a little sporadic. Uh, you know, we've got to continue to take care of the ball. And a couple of those, you know, those fumbles, uh, he was up in the pocket. So we work, got some good work on that today. But we, we have to take care of the ball. We, we talk about it all the time. And uh, we're committed to fighting that war until we get it fixed because that is, you know, that's the reason we're losing right now. It's just we're we're giving the team the other you know the other team the ball too many times every single game. So uh, we've got to find a way to get that fixed. We're working at it. But I, you know to answer your question, uh, you know I think he's he's to the point. And uh, I reference Coach Rule a lot because I listen to his stories. But just you know through the years you get quarterbacks that uh, when they come in they start playing early. 
right? They're young. They're, they, have a, they don't have a lot of demons in their head. They just play. They're glad to be out there. Uh, every opportunity, every game you play, more and more information starts to seep in, starts to seep in. Now you're not just playing and relaxing, having fun. You're thinking and thinking and thinking. So uh, we're at that stage right now where I just told him, you know, Heinrich just then, like, just relax, smile. Right, smile, have fun, run through somebody's face. Like go back to the time where people were asking if you were going to slide or not, and we said no. You're just going to run through their face. Go back to that guy, and you'll be fine. So, you know, this week we're just working on him, just freeing up his mind and going and play as fast as he can, as physical as he can. So, there was a time where he was kind of playing free and easy. He was running the football. He was keeping it on options. He was putting his shoulder down. He was hitting some pass plays. But then after that Illinois game and the bye week, it it got real. Northwestern scouted well. Uh, Purdue scouted well. And you look at Michigan State. They scouted well. Everybody in this league has talented coaching staffs, whether you're interim or not. And they're going to look at Nebraska, what they can do and do well on offense, try and take it away. And without a lot of help around Harburg, um, it, it's been easy. And it's been easy a lot of this season to take it away. It doesn't matter who's quarterback. You're just that limited on offense. You're even more limited with injuries. Those aren't excuses. Those are just facts. And you've had a lot of on-the-job training, learning, and trying to play through some issues. A year from now, if it's still Harburg, uh, you're going to have the same receiving group. You're going to have a lot of this offensive line back. You're going to have a second year of, of Emmett Johnson. Uh, and, and you're going to have Fedoni and company. And this offense could look 180 better. And you, you'll expect it to with whatever they want to settle on. Now, they've adapted offensively to more of a ground-and-pound option base because of that's, those are the strengths with Harburg. Elijah, you and I were talking before the show and you go back to Harburg's high school film, and granted, these are all highlights on Huddle, but what got him noticed and what got him recruited by Power 5 schools and then Nebraska eventually offered and got him was just his size, his athleticism. But what Carney Catholic was doing was, was pretty good. I mean, he would stand back in the pocket out of shotgun and chuck it around, but they moved him a lot in the pocket. Uh, when when he's in shotgun, he's not really on the move. Most of his play action or on the move throws have come out under center. I wonder if moving forward, you look back and say, okay, uh, you'd roll him to one side of the field or the other, and you'd have a, a bit of a run pass option. There was a lot of deep shots too with this high school film that he completed, but his his throwing motion is way different now than it was in high school. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely way different. You know what you didn't see a lot of in high school? Him lowering the arm slot and going sidearm with The 6-4-3 double play pitch. Even whenever he was rolling out. I mean, that's where he's been really, really good this year is rolling out and kind of using that sidearm action to squeeze it in some windows. He's been good there in the the 5 to 10-yard routes. He didn't even do that back in high school. I think you have to look back to the quarterback coach that was here whenever he got to campus and did some of that throwing motion. And I'm not saying it's an indictment against Mario Verduzco. Maybe it was necessary based on his eyes, but this is what Herberg is now, is, is he does like that sidearm motion on the underneath routes, and he's been somewhat accurate with it if it's between 0 to 10 yards. Uh, it's been a little deeper where it gets hairy, and that's the, always the indictment with a, a sidearm thrower, is that whenever you try to put more power under it, uh, try to get that thing further downfield, the ball's going to tend to sail on you whenever you have that sidearm motion. He didn't do that back in high school. As you kind of laid out, what he did in high school really, really well was get outside the pocket, 
find those crossing patterns, which he still does pretty well, mm. and, and deliver on a dart. And then, you know what, you also saw that ability of him to to lower the shoulder, run over a defensive back, and pick up an extra 5 to 10 yards. That's what the, the, the coaches liked in him back in high school. That's why there's a lot of schools around the country recruiting him, and that's what he still does well. He still gets outside the pocket well, finds those crossing routes well, and if it's not there, uh, gets up field, lowers the shoulder through a defensive back. One thing that I've noticed has changed in the scouting report as you move from Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech into the Big Ten slate is I think a lot of Big Ten defenses, especially defensive backs, have seen in the scouting report, this is not the quarterback that's going to look to get out of bounds. This is the quarterback that's going to look to lower the shoulder. And what you've seen a lot more of recently is guys going really low. Guys going and, and wrapping up around the knees, around the ankles, and getting him down to the ground that way because they don't want Chopping him down. They don't want to get run over. And I, I said it kind of tongue-in-cheek last week when we talked to Searles. At what point do we see Heiner Carver go for the hurdle? And Searles said never in a million years should he ever try that. But I wonder if you show that threat just once in a game, try to hurdle a defender, whether they stop going for the legs as much because it's taken away Heiner Carver's ability to really go lower that shoulder and run over a guy. Well, and, and you've just not seen him really deke anybody. It's always been let's go four-wheel drive. And, and use the six foot five frame a little bit more from Satterfield when it comes to Harburg and how's he been dealing with the noise? Yeah, he's a tough kid, you know, and I, I think that not a tough kid. He's a he is a tough young man, and uh, you know, I think he does a really nice job of compartmentalizing the noise and all that, and just kind of you know, he's trying to adopt you know Coach Rule's mindset and our mindset as a coaching staff. Just it's all about us. It's all about coming and controlling what you can control. I know it's a lot of coach talk, but it's all truths. And if you are disciplined enough to do that, then life's a lot a lot better, and you can develop a lot quicker. So what you have right now is a Nebraska kid who wants it so bad. He's worked hard. He's persevered. He's ascended to this spot. He's done some good, and he's had some mistakes. Can he go back to just balling and just playing ball without this paralysis by analysis? Can, can he get out of his own head when it comes to overthinking in the moment? And, and also, can, can he improve – Within a week and within the last three weeks of the season, his field vision. And I don't envy the, the spot he's in because football is, you got to get real good at it for it to be fun. And right now, it's, it's just a, a, a sludge uh, offensively right now where it's, it's too hot and too cold for Nebraska in this offense. They, they don't do anything one thing well they can hit some plays here and there uh, but they've not adapted or at least executed in response to to how some of these defenses post illinois have decided to to d them up 489-1240 number to get in here on hail varsity radio we'll get to coach tony white in a little bit to follow up on satterfield a thought or two from harburg as Uh, He met the media today, and he was asked, and I think this is cut uh, 18. We we get into the freeing of one's mind. He was asked, all right, what's what's that look like for you on the field? Yeah, I mean, it's a battle that I've been fighting since I started playing quarterback as a sophomore in high school. Um, Yeah, that's... As just as a person, you know, I try to overanalyze stuff sometimes, and you know, it can get me into trouble. But I think as I continue to grow um, and see things and be able to process them quicker, and um, I don't think it's a bad thing to be thinking. It's just it, when it gets in the way of me doing the things I'm supposed to do, 
um, that's when it gets in trouble. So, you know, one thing that he was talking about is just kind of decluttering my mind, you know, seeing everything but not having it get in front of each other. He looks tentative at times, and, and it's there's some uncertainty where there, there's plays that are open that, that he's not pulling the trigger on, and there are, there are plays that are open within this passing concept that he's, he's not waiting on or he's not seeing. And, and I think whatever you talk about thinking too much, one of the plays that you talked about was Malachi Coleman, third and 10, coming across the middle of the field wide open. Wide. Strikes me as thinking too much whenever you're saying, you know what, it's third and 10, we got to get this thing past the sticks, as opposed <laughs> gotta... to, to taking what the defense is giving you. You know what, if it's fourth and two, maybe you go for it as opposed to fourth and 10 because you throw an incomplete pass. It's the little things of taking what the defense is giving you and not thinking too much. That's what that, that answer strikes me as. Brian chimes in, HH is shell-shocked. He can't run through someone's face well he's got to try and adapt mitch sherman on the way hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's that time. Hey, Mitch. Mitchie. Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We're looking for you, pal. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Talking Big Red. Unleash the fury, Mitch. Unleash the fury! On Hail Varsity Radio. One of my favorite opens, uh, Mitch Sherman, set to unleash the fury. Thank you, Tom Green, for that voice work. Mitch Sherman joins us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how are we doing? Does he hear me? Hello, Mitchie, Mitchie, Mitchie. We will try and reconnect. You should have us. You have us, Mitch? Mitch, you got us. I'm here now. Okay. Uh, 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 yes. I, did, I had to jostle the old phone. Ah, sweet. Uh, Mitch, nice to spend time with you. Okay, um, nice to spend time with you. Too. Now, now we got it all figured out. Okay, uh, I'm I'm going to to ask this question about about Harburg. Uh, I was watching some of his uh, press conference today, and do you worry about him turning the corner with just that that being able to play free? That's been a talking point today, and. Uh, it may grow a little bit as the week goes on. The uh, the Northern Illinois Harburg versus what we've seen in Big Ten play. Let's dive into a little bit of that, Mitch, with uh, Harburg uh, kind of loosening up and just going out and balling. Yeah, I think it's kind of two different things. One is the physical aspect, and Marcus Satterfield said today, Merrill didn't lay it out as explicitly on Monday, but I think they're on the same page and that they want him to play with a little more reckless abandon, which is different than the message that we heard maybe two or three weeks ago. But I think they've realized that, and this is a process. You know, I saw some questions about this 
um, from from fans earlier today. It's like, do you want him to slide or do you want him to run through the defenders? And it's like, well, you know, after the first couple of games, they wanted him to take a little bit off, and now they want him to put a little bit back on as far as the physicalness that he, he plays with. Like he's, he's maybe adjusted too much. You don't want him to get hurt, but at the same time, you don't want him to be tentative. So they're working with a first-year quarterback and trying to find that right, that correct balance for him in just how much – uh, you know, you know what kind of um, oomph that he gives when he's out there, especially turning the corner on those running plays. And then the other thing that he talked about was playing free, and that's more of something that he said he's dealt with from his early days as a quarterback, and just trying not to overthink things. And this is you know common among young athletes. You know, whether you're 12 years old or 25. I mean, some people they just tend to a lot of people they tend to overthink it and they're in their own heads and that can lead to hesitancy or you know there's a variety of things that that can lead to that's why he's he's talking with nebraska's sports psychologist uh this afternoon and and you know this is not like alarming this is something that a lot of players go through and in fact i would say it's the opposite that he's open to addressing this stuff as as much as he is and even and even open to talking about it in public where so many people want to know, hey, what's going on with Heinrich Harper? It's Mitch Sherman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio as we talk Nebraska, Heinrich Harper, his performance Saturday and looking forward to Maryland. And Mitch, whenever you talk about Heinrich Harper, I think it's interesting how he's kind of tightened up as the, the pressure has gotten higher. And that's almost to be expected whenever you hear what the coaching staff says about him playing free. But he really did play free whenever he came in against Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech. Nothing to lose. You know what? You're the backup coming in trying to make a name for yourself. And now you look at it. Well, you're at five wins and you have people uh, that have have critiqued the game over the past couple of weeks. And now as you try to get to six, that, that leash starts getting a little bit shorter. And I want to get your thoughts on just how short the leash is going to be. Because I'm of the opinion that it's really going to take the wheels falling off against Maryland to see a guy like Cheba Purdy in this football game. I'm talking Maryland starting to run away with this game in the second half. But I want to get your thoughts on how short you think the leash is now that we've heard from both Matt Rule and Marcus Satterfield as well as Heinrich himself on, on kind of what he needs to do moving forward. Yeah, I would say that I've kind of trended more in the direction of saying that it's a longer leash than, than what I felt when I left Michigan on Sunday. I, I thought as we went through that game that there was the possibility we could see a backup come in in the second half just to see if Nebraska could, could get a spark. But you know, Matt Rule on Monday and, and Satterfield today did a good job of making me believe and maybe this is all part of the psychological uh, nature of this and, then, and that they know that they're speaking to Heinrich when they stand in front of those cameras in, in addition to everybody in the, in the fan base and in the media. And they want him to understand that they believe in him. But I, I, you know, I think it's that, and I also think they really do believe what they're saying. And, and this is his, this is his, his ship to, to captain right now and really for the rest of this month. I I agree with you, Elijah, that it would take something pretty catastrophic. You know, not an interception on the opening possession or a fumble on the on the second possession, something like that. We've seen those things, and they've stayed with him and and and, and kept him in the game. I think everything that he did in that winning streak that they had, and over the entire stretch that he's been the quarterback, even up through Saturday, as many mistakes as he made up through Saturday, bringing Nebraska back to within three points and in striking distance in the fourth quarter so that they had a couple of opportunities on offense to go out there and win or tie that game. 
all of those things factor on his, in his favor uh, in this decision that the coaches have made, I think, to just ride with him. You know, it's not ideal. They, they, they don't want to be in this position in the future when the offense looks like this and, and as, as inefficient as it has been. But this is the reality, I think, with the 2023 team that he is the guy as long as he's healthy. Mitch Sherman with his few minutes at Tail Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. You read him with The Athletic. Mitch, I want to go to Maryland here. And as you kind of gauge this matchup, two, five, and four teams, Maryland similar to what Sparty was, and that is on a long losing streak. And you look at some of the opponents both played, uh, no shame there. But Maryland has looked the part, looked as good as advertised going into this season, all the way back to media days where Loxley's like, look, got the squad now that can, can actually compete. I don't know what, where, where they end up by season's end, but they've got a stud quarterback, they've got great skill guys, their running backs are talented, and they've got a pretty fast and physical defense. Uh, they're, they're better... Uh, than their record, and I know you always say you're, you are what you are, but um, they their, their downfall, and I want your your response to this, They once they get punched in the mouth, they, they seem to, to kind of back away. Uh, I, lo- I think of the Illinois game specifically, just from a physical standpoint. Is that, is that Nebraska, Nebraska's best shot Saturday is to just get mean with them, get physical uh, Saturday at 11? Yeah, I think so, and I think you heard that from the defensive players today with some some confident words about the game plan and knowing that they were going to have to get to Tonga Vailoa and they want to get in his face. They want to rattle him. You know, he's not a, he's not a statue back there, but he wants to stay in the pocket and throw and they want to make him run. And then they want to make him pay. If they can do that and execute that plan and put and turn up the heat defensively, then that's how they're going to set the tone. And, and Nebraska has to set the tone in this game. This is a tempo you know, not even so much like tempo, meaning how many seconds are on the play clock when you snap it, just tempo as far as the, the, the feel of the game. I thought Michigan State controlled the feel of the game last week. You know, even if Nebraska didn't lose the time of possession or was, was still putting together drives at times that it wanted, it just felt like the game was controlled by, in the way that Michigan State wanted it to, to flow. And that's where Nebraska it has to, to win. Has, they have to win that area against Maryland, um, or, or they're they're not gonna. It, it's going to be really difficult. Then you have to get into a situation where you score on defense, or you get like plus three in the turnovers, and and you know, we know those have not been strong suits for Nebraska this season. Mitch, from a defensive game plan point of view, does this game plan the Huskers seem to be rolling with this week remind you of what they try to do against Colorado in terms of? Yeah, you got a team that's got a lot of skill, talent, a quarterback that can make some plays. So the best way to to handle that is to bring some pressure, try to get him on the ground and get him out of rhythm that way. Because Maryland's offense does not strike me as the most physical offense in the Big Ten, but it is high flying and has some athletes. And that's kind of what Colorado did to Nebraska at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think Maryland's a more complete team than Colorado, and Colorado was riding high, and there were emotions that were involved in what happened in Boulder. But I, I think the 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 proof will, will will bear itself out over the course of 12 games, and, and Maryland to me looks like they just have more uh, up 22 across the board than what Colorado does. But Colorado exposed Nebraska and 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 eventually won that that kind of tempo and, and pace game. But it took until the middle of the, the second half for that to go down. Yeah, I do think there's some similarities, but 
I think Nebraska has to play better than what it would have taken for the Huskers to beat Colorado. And that's kind of a frightening thought because that that didn't end up being a close game in the end. But Nebraska is a more mature team. I think they're able to handle some of the punches that, that they would be able to handle some of the punches that Colorado threw and, 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 and respond better. And, it, and it's at home and it's late in the season. Um, you know, it doesn't look like you're going to have that Big Ten West freezing cold weather. Nebraska would probably like that to, to shut some things down with Maryland's offensive assault. But still, it's, it's in Memorial Stadium, and I think late in the year – is a is a benefit for Nebraska. So, you know, we'll see. We'll just see. This will be a gauge on, I guess, how far they've come since week two. Mitch, real quick, and Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic. When you look at Tony White today, uh, he was pretty stern with uh, just his, um, I don't want to say full, whole performance, but he was critical to himself, and he was also uh, critical with his guys uh, just from an execution standpoint and an intensity standpoint, do you think the Nebraska defense bounces back? I mean, it's one thing to talk about being aggressive, but can they can they let it loose? Can they cut it loose and and just dial up everything? He was he was not happy with how um, how with their lack of aggressiveness. And you really see that that hard edge side of Tony White when his defense plays. Uh, does not play the way that he wants them, wants it to play, and that was that was on display today. He is, is his normal mild mannered mannered self, and then he starts talking about something that reminds him of a play in the game, and all of a sudden he gets he gets you know you can see that guy who in the meeting room or on the sideline you don't want to come face to face with if you're a defensive player who just failed to execute something, and, and he does take the credit on himself and, and, and take the blame on himself. I'm sorry, not, not the credit, but the, the blame on himself for a situation like what we saw Saturday where he flat out said he, he didn't call an, an a, aggressive enough game. And as the defensive play caller, he has to have more trust in his players that they, they didn't want to get caught in some situations that they wanted to play things a little safer against Michigan State and that, didn't turn out to be the right answer. I think he feels like there were plays to be made by his defense that they didn't make because of the way that he called the game and the way that he schemed it. So I do think as a result of that, you're going to see Nebraska come out and take some more risks on the defensive side. But, you know, we'll see if Maryland's the team that you want to do that against. I don't know that they're not, but Tonga Vailoa is probably a quarterback in, in watching him this year who can expose a defense that takes a risk risk and leaves something open. Mitch, we'll see you on Saturday, but thanks for the time today. All right, thanks a lot. Take care. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman. Can get that interview and all of the show or just what you want to hear with the Spotify, iTunes, Google Play platforms and the Hale Varsity Radio podcast. Subscribe to us. Check us out that way. Check us out, as always, on the stream, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Go there. 
get it handled, and uh, you'll be a happy guy. 489 or gal, 489-1240, 489-1240. Numbers to get in. We'll hear from Coach Tony White here in just a moment. Reminder about your friends at Dyer Law. When it comes to workers' compensation, are you confused about your options with your workers' compensation claim? Put your trust in the team at Dyer Law to help ensure that your rights are protected and you get the settlement you deserve. Call Dyer Law today, the team at 402-393-7529 or visit Dyer.Law. Chow, they trusted professional about your workers' compensation claim. That's Dyer Law, Dyer.Law, 402-393-7529. So good stuff from Mitch Sherman. And we hit Harburg. We hit Satterfield. We hit Coach White. And and really a, a topic today was a lot about playing free for Harburg, the play calling on offense. And uh, quite honestly, uh, you look at uh, the defense, what what – does Nebraska get back to or um, try and do on Saturday? Scott chimes in. I hate it for HH, Heinrich Harburg, that he's been beat up enough to where he's become skittish. And, yeah, you just got to get back to what you've been, the caveat being taking care of the football, right? Well, you you want to you pull back the reins a little bit in hopes that it leads to better ball security. But it's been a bit of a nightmare no matter who's behind center. And a lot of that has to do with pressure. But some of that also has to do with the individual taking care of the ball. It's two-way street for me. And to me, I don't feel bad for Harvard that he's been beat up because that is his play style. Like, you watch Saquon Barkley play for the Giants. You don't feel bad for him that he gets beat up as the year goes on because that's he's how he's a physical he back. He's a physical back. Same could be said for Josh Jacobs and the Raiders. If you try to take that away from him, say, you know what, we need to preserve your health here so you can be a better running back, you're no longer what makes you you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's Heinrich Harburg has to learn, you know what, this is what makes me me. And I can't become skittish because I'm scared of fumbling or I'm scared of taking the hit because you're no longer what makes you you. And I think we're in we're in the process of seeing him learn that, you know what, I'm going to take shots that are going to leave a mark, if you will. I, I'm going to have to put myself into the line of fire because that's what makes me me as a quarterback. And if I'm not able to do that, I am no longer effective. And I think that's part of the problem with what we saw against Michigan State is, is that's not the full problem, don't get me wrong. But with the skittishness, is there's an element of learning that you are what you are as a football player. And the, the players that find success in that way are the ones that have accepted, you know what, I have to put my body in the line of fire here because that's what makes me me as a football player. Well, and you got to flip it to the other side of the football. I mean, defense has got to go play fast and furious. And there was some glimpses when push came to shove at 20 to 10 where they had to just kind of go sell out. But there was some some busted plays, some tentativeness that you're not used to seeing. And this isn't criticizing them. They've been really, really good all year. I mean, they're, they're the reason you're at five and, and four right now. And they, they've really had one bad half of football, and they gave up a few plays to Michigan State. Uh, Let's talk a little bit here about the takeaways. That's going to be part of the equation if you are to win Saturday against Maryland. Uh, Offensively, yeah, have fewer than the other team, but the defense has got to make something happen against this Maryland team. Uh, you know, it's an emphasis. It's crazy because I know defensive coaches across the country, they're always, you know, there ain't one dude going into a room talking about, ah, guys, we don't want to take the ball away, right? Every single defensive coach in, in that plays any kind of football talks about taking the ball away. Now, I remember my first year at Syracuse in 2020, we were, we were, I was terrible. 
Okay, I'll start that way. I was terrible, but we, we were like number one in the country in takeaways or something, top three in the country, right? And we didn't do anything right. I mean, we, we just didn't do anything right. But um, um, they, they seemed to just come in waves. And, you know, I always go back to sometimes when, when, when you give them a chance to go make a play, they surprise and they do, you know, and that's why, that's why I'm putting it all on me in terms of, you know, those one or two, two chances I thought we could have been aggressive that I, I, you look back at the tape and I'm like, oh, I should have went after him here. And sure enough, you know, we, we would have had a chance at least to, to get a field goal or hold him to a field goal or maybe possibly um, rush the passer a little bit better. Like I didn't give those guys that chance, you know, so I got to do better. So some accountability there from from Coach White on you just don't want to see it go the other way. And Coach McBride is so right. He says it a lot. You live and die by the blitz. But Nebraska's been pretty high level when they've dialed up pressure. They've gotten to the quarterback. They've had some guys win one-on-one as well. Elijah, you mentioned something before the show uh, with Princewell. I mean, he's... He's a really nice young addition, but this team has played different without him than with him. The two games he's not been a part of it, you lost to Michigan State, and then you saw him, or you didn't see him, I should say, against Michigan. And he's where he's at at Jack with his athleticism, man, it allows a lot of the, the, the other 10 to play pretty fast and furious. Oh, and he's going to be such a dude for Nebraska down the road. Like, that is a guy. Him and Lenhart and, and Van Poppel, and you, you love the future, but right now some of that future is showing up, and you didn't have him last Saturday. Yeah, you didn't have him. In, and where has he been really, really good, in my opinion? It's, it's that ability. I mean, you saw the play against Purdue where he drops into coverage and is able to go make a play. You know, whenever he rushes after the pass, or he's really good doing that as well. It's the multipleness that he brings your defense that's really important from what Nebraska wants in that Jack linebacker spot. And, and MJ Sherman's done fine with that. He's been all right, but he just doesn't have the he's same not as explosive. athleticism and explosiveness as Prince Will. And you, you hope Prince Will, he's in the concussion protocol last week. You hope he's able to make it back on Saturday because whenever you're going up against such a high-flying offense like Maryland, getting after the quarterback, if you can do it with four, I mean, the, the addition of James Williams, him coming on within recent weeks, if you can get Prince Will back, I feel a lot better about what Nebraska's defense can do against Maryland if those two guys are on the shelf unable to play because – if Matt Rule still plans to keep the James Williams red shirt on the table, this is his final game that he can get in the action. And then Prince will, if he's back on the field, I mean, those are two really, really important pieces that I think you got to have ready for this game. Not only just to get after the passer, Bish, because it, it leaves some question marks, Prince will specifically with the offense. Is this guy coming? Is this guy dropping into coverage? Where is the pressure coming from? He adds that multipleness to this Husker defense that's really, really important on Tony White's scheme. Well, Montana Husker chimes in. Does anyone else think this is the most interesting matchup of the year? Feels really hard to gauge what's going to happen. I don't know if it's the... I think it's interesting because of, of, of Little Tua, uh, the skill guys that Maryland has. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised... With Maryland's running game, and I know that's not their bread and butter, but they've got dudes that can hit you on a home run. And and Maryland does a good job of finding their backs in the passing game. They've they've got wideouts. I mean, Nebraska is going to have to play their best game of the year defensively if they are going to be as aggressive based on today's narrative. We, we we're out of time for for more Tony White, and, but and, we'll we'll have more on the other side. But I I'm excited to see. Nebraska's defense cut it loose. I'm excited to see Harburg take a breath and just go try and be a bowling ball again. 
I'm excited to see Nebraska lead on the run game, make Maryland stop you between the tackles uh, with with trying to get downhill and, and really see if they're a different team than, pun intended, turtled uh, against Illinois. And uh, we were having some issues with the bet here, so we're going to be out real quick. But I don't think it's the most interesting matchup of the year. I think that's probably still Wisconsin, but I think it's interesting to see the development since that Colorado game because I think these two teams, Maryland and Colorado, are pretty similar. All right, we'll wind down our 180. Markowski's coming up. Matt Verzel next hour as well with Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, this first hour, it's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Uh, we'll hear one more thought here from Tony White before we take a break and you know Nebraska this is going to be third time being the charm for this defense this is not to sneeze at the black shirts they've carried this football team all season Elijah but uh, this is the third time they're actually facing a good offense Uh, and and that's not their fault they've been really good against the Purdue's against the Northwestern's against the Illinois's against the Northern Illinois's the against the Louisiana Tech's great I mean they've, they've done their job and they've been dominant uh, and, and they did good enough against Michigan State, 13 points allowed, not 20. That said, when they faced, when they faced some high-flying offenses, Michigan, uh, it didn't go well. Uh, and then Colorado, it didn't go well. You're going to face a, a good to really good offense, a top three offense in the Big Ten. So let's hear from Coach White when it comes to fixing those explosives. You better bounce back. Uh, and then some this Saturday if you're Nebraska's black shirts. You always break it down to, to is the, you can accept the ball beating you. You know what I mean? If, if the guy ran a route, the right route, the ball was in the 100% correct spot and the, we're, the defender's in the right spot and they go up and it's a sideline, tippy-toe, instant replay. I can, you can live with that, man. That's ball. You know what I mean? But when we bust assignments or we don't know what to do, or our eyes are in the right, wrong spot or we don't have the technique, that's bull crap. Let's get that straight. That's bull crap. I mean, and that, that starts with coaching, you know, in terms of being able to get those guys to, to say, hey, this is how we do it. And then if the guy's not going to do it, then he shouldn't be in the game, right? So um, that's the most disappointing part. You know, again, the, we give up some fade balls and, and, and cues in a great spot. You know, man, live with that, bro. That, that's, 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 that's playing ball. I ain't, I ain't tripping. But we, we don't cover the damn tight end on third and three on a, on a defense that, that we've been playing all year. You know what I mean? Because I didn't get the call. You know, again, uh, you always look internally. Maybe I was maybe I was in the wrong spot, so he couldn't see me, so he didn't get the call because I trust him to get the call and to line up and to DM up. And the very first the very first third down of the game, we cover that because the other side of the field was all covered. We cover the tight end. I mean, I don't, I don't know where he's going to throw the ball. So we're off the field. That's three points right there off the field. But instead, we let them drive down the field and score. So you can see it still bothers the hell out of me. But um, again, you know, I got to I got to be in a spot where they can see me, get the call clearly and go let them execute. Lapses, uncharacteristic lapses by guys that don't lapse very often haven't this season. But on the flip side of things, 
Like I think of some of those plays, it's, it's Nebraska's defense playing aggressively. Like you get beat over the top on a double pass because you're flying downhill going to make a tackle, and there's a give and a take to it, obviously, of playing smart and being aggressive. But then when you have the play, that, that really should have been a first down, too, with the double pass back to the quarterback against Michigan State where Phelan Sanford comes over and makes a great mm-hmm. play, but he was open. And it's it's an element of, of teams offensively trying to take advantage of what Nebraska does aggressively, which is safeties flying downhill and run support, which is one of the reasons why Nebraska has been so good against the run. And safeties and corners flying downhill on screen plays like that's not obviously the full the full reason why there's explosive plays and Tony White would know better than I would but there's kind of the give and the take with being aggressive offensively that you're going to give up some of those explosive plays if you are going to play so aggressively you know two guys I want to see have have big games on Saturday if I'm a Nebraska fan Uh, GIF has been tremendous all year Uh, have him flying around he's been really nice Reimer as well as as your leader and then Mekhi Bayer is somebody that, man, he has given you so much production in limited action. Hour two coming up, Andy Markowski, Matt Verzel, Hour two with Hale Varsity. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Logger. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel. We'll get back into some football. Matt Verzel coming up. We welcome in the pride of Ord to talk some college basketball. The big red flavor, men's and women's. Andy Markowski with us at Markowski. Andy is where you find him on Twitter. Mr. Andy, it's good to talk with you again. Hoops is here. How are you? Not too bad. It's uh, it's good to uh, be on, and uh, if I if I'm on uh, the radio, that means hoops is here. So always exciting time of the year. <laughs> you are there's a standing offer anytime Andy Markowski wants to join the show, my friend. You are more than welcome. Serious question: Has Izzo stopped running his team yet from last night? Yeah, that one uh, that one was tough, but you know, Tom Izzo uh, is probably measured more in March than he is uh, the first week of, of November. So I, I'm sure his group will get coached up, and by the end of the year, no one no one will want to play him. So I'm I'm sure he's fired uh, you know that that first shell of the uh, of the year to his group, but um, he hasn't forgot how to coach basketball. They'll they'll still be a good team and have a great. Team. It's talking to, to a, a guy that's close with Izzo, uh, Jack, our friend at Nitty's Lansing, we got to spend time with last last weekend, and he's like, well, Izzo's usually crabby and hates his team. Well, he loves his team. Maybe, maybe not today. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's interesting to see uh, the, their effort. Uh, I want to get into Nebraska, the Husker men. In one mile, take a 
able to uh, to get things going. As I think uh, Siri hopped into the yeah. Where, where's what, what's Siri tell? Where's she telling you to go? Is she taking you to the well, studio? Actually, uh, I'm having uh, my co-pilot, uh, my daughter, is uh, guiding us home from Fargo. We've been up on a uh, women's basketball visit at North Dakota State, so just getting on the road, heading head back to Lincoln. Well, cool, man. Awesome, uh, awesome, awesome. And, and there's no snow yet in Fargo, correct? No, but it's uh, it's it's cold, right? Every uh, every couple hours north, uh, you certainly feel it the bone. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Glad you're on on a trip, and thanks for taking time. But Huskers get it handled, eighty four fifty two over Lindenwood, and and you know, Andy, what what sticks out to you about this Nebraska team as as you project? You know what what this season could be for Fred and company. Uh, I think we all think they're ready to take uh, another step in a positive direction for postseason. But do you, do you feel like there's enough options on this roster to make it a reality? Yeah, I, I like this group. I've seen them, uh, you know, half half dozen times with the several practices. Had a chance to you know watch them playing games. Obviously, yesterday or last night was really the first time they've had. You know, most of the pieces back, and you know, certainly Kase uh, was not there, but you could see some of the new, the new pieces. And, and I, I like this group; they're, they're versatile. I, I think they're mature. Um, they have the, you know, I think the ability to, to really rebound and hold up physically. Um, they're a long group. I think it'll be the best shooting team um, that that Fred has had, and that showed last night making 11 threes. And, you know, that was without their their best shooter. So I, I like their versatility. I like their length. Um, I think the ability to complement each other, maybe play some different different ways. If they could play Bryce Williams at the three, they could move him and play some small ball with him at the four. So I just you know think there's a lot of different things Fred can do. The the one negative thing that stands out to me is they they don't really have a true point guard. I know Lawrence is is going to be asked to do that. I think they think they can enter offense to rink uh, a little bit like they did with Walker a year ago. Um, you know, I, I, I think having a point guard might might catch up to them, uh, but, you know, Coach Hoiberg is probably a creative enough offensive coach to, to, to overcome and, and be able to, to do enough different things offensively. But not point guard. Andy Markowski with us here on Hale Varsity Radio talking Husker basketball, men's and women's, as the men take down Lindenwood last night, 84-52. to And, Andy, one of the things that stands out to me about last night's performance was, as you kind of talked about the versatility and the balanced nature of this offense, all five starters knocked down a three-pointer, and the team as a whole shoots almost 37% from behind the arc last night. And I want to get your thoughts, I mean, just how much the game has changed since your day with all five starters not only attempting threes but knocking down threes. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I think uh, Coach Hoiberg is that's an important part of his offense, right? So I, I think they've you know tried to recruit to that. Um, you know, I think in past years they they haven't shot it at, at all the spots, um, but you know, Alec is 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 probably the one front line uh, you know player that that they won't ask to, to to do a lot of perimeter scoring, but I you know I, I do think you can you know play him alongside Reek and, and and have a really nice four or five and. You know, the, the biggest takeaway I, I, from last night is we, we haven't had, you know, positional length with this group. I mean, Walker has been playing the five for them a little undersized. And, and I think for the first time we have a, you know, we, we have a power five front line. I mean, Williams is, is six, 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 seven. You can go Gary when he's back at six, 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 seven at the four. 
Alex, you know, six nine, and then obviously Reek at six eleven, and, and still have some size coming off the bench. Uh, so I, I think for the first time that that front line looks like it belongs in the Big Ten, and I thought the rebounding last night really showed. They, you know, they they look like a a power five roster and and, and took care of a a by opponent, which in years past you, you never knew if they were going to be able to beat. You know, some of those buys are by teams that, that we should be by 20 or 30 points. So, you know, to, to my eyes, this is a, a pretty complete roster with good positional length and size. Andy Markowski is with us a few minutes. Andy, uh, a thought on, on how this team uh, fits into the Big Ten landscape. We know Illinois is really good. We expect Michigan State to be talented, Purdue and, and Ohio State and you know, it's such a, a, a talented league. I mean, Northwestern went to the tournament last year. So where do you see Nebraska finishing slash placing, and where do they need to place for NIT or better? Yeah, I, I think that's a hard question this early. I mean, we all know the Big Ten is going to be a, you know, a deep conference. It's going to have teams that, um, you know, are ranked in the top 25, uh, you're, you know, you're going to have some teams that, that struggle and, you know, injuries staying healthy. You know, there's a lot of things that can happen over the course of a, of a season, especially a 20-game Big Ten season. But, you know, I've been asked this question a lot, and you know, I don't know what this group's doing is until you see, you know, all the teams, teams in the Big Ten. But, you know, looking at what they did last year over the last nine games, you know, winning, winning six of them, I think three of those were – top 25 teams, a couple of those are on the road. Um, I think four or five of those were postseason teams. Um, you know, the recipe, you know, they, they showed that they have the, the, the talent to do that. You added a lot of new pieces. So I I think in the seven to nine range is, is, is very realistic for that, that group. And if you get there in the Big Ten, you're, you're going to be right there to, to be in the NCAA tournament or, or, you know, certainly playing the NIT. But you know, until I see more of the league and, and, it, and it plays out, including us, I mean, uh, the non-conference schedule is, is is not a great schedule, which is probably good for this group to, to grow and develop and, and get healthy. Um, but, you know, you have Creighton and you have K-State, so we're going to know a little bit about this team by Christmas. And, you know, my, my optimism is they, they can't have a top-eight finish, and, and hopefully that's enough to have them in the NCAA tournament talk. How did you deal with that as a player? Did you care – uh, who you played in the non-conference, or was it all kind of about just going out, balling, and, and getting confidence? Or did you want some of those big matchups? It felt like during your time in Lincoln, you always, always had at least one or two name games that were on the schedule. Yeah, and, you know, certainly, you know, being on on TV, playing you know marquee programs, uh, you know, we you know had a chance to, to play in some uh, you know Hawaii, uh, Puerto Rico, play in some big events where you played some, some good non-conference games on neutral floors. Um, you know, as a player, you, you know, you wanted to, to prove yourself against the, the best, but it was also fun to, to have a chance to, to play and win and, and not have to go through tough practices with Coach Snee after a loss. So I, I think there's a balance in my, you know, in, in getting to know Adam Howard a little bit, the assistant, I, I think Fred has overscheduled in his time in Lincoln. I, I think their non-conference schedule has has been too aggressive with too many, you know, really good teams at hard places, future floors, um, you know, i.e. like the Auburn game. You know, those are games that you probably should stay away from until your program is a little healthier. So I, I think this gives you a chance to have some success, win, build, build some momentum, build, you know, some excitement amongst the fan base. Um, because the 20-game league schedule, your, your RPI is going to be fine. Um, if, if you, uh, you know, look at our, our on-the-bubble 
you know, you're playing Creighton and, and K-State, which are, are going to be high, high RPI teams. So I think the schedule is balanced. But as a player, you want to you play the best. Eddie, let's talk about uh, the Husker women as they were able to uh, hammer Northwestern State 90-42. to, to 42. Good ball game for Alexis and some of her teammates. Uh, and of course, Natalie Ponce and White are, are a couple of new faces. But overall, uh, your excitement level and what you think of Coach Williams here. The Big Ten's loaded with Indiana and Iowa and Maryland and Illinois and, and uh, Ohio State. They're all ranked in, in Nebraska. Uh, is is going to be in the mix there too? What do you think uh, for this season? Yeah, you know, certainly uh, two all conference preseason uh, players. Which you know, anytime that you have a point guard like Shelley and you know, obviously Alexis has you know, had a couple good seasons, and you know they've added some some new pieces, a, a transfer point guard that I, I think will will really be the, the you know kind of the missing piece uh, from a year ago um, that moves Jazz kind of off the ball a little bit. And, Let's her uh, be a little bit more scoring role. Um, yeah, they're they're projected to be in the you know the top six in the top league. Um, you know, I think Bracketology has it as a seven seed in the tournament. I I think everybody would agree that that's the expectation. But the, the league's tough. I mean, they've got a a, a more manageable non-conference schedule. Creighton is is, is really good. Um, they got to go to Wyoming this Friday. Anytime you go on the road against you know Mountain West or our top level conference teams. You know, you're going to have to play well. they got Kansas again in the non-conference, uh, TCU in a, in a non-conference game in, in St. Pete. So they'll learn a lot about themselves. But you know, I would be, you know, really disappointed if, if this team isn't a, you know, top eight seed in the NCAA tournament, you know, competing to you know, hopefully stay in the conference race, uh, you know, with a, with a decent conference schedule on kind of who they draw with an uneven Big Ten schedule. You never know who your double plays are or your one play, but I, I think the schedule broke from a little bit this year. Last year, I thought they got a tough draw. So, you know, all things point to, to them having a really successful season. It's going to be exciting to follow. And is there any added motivation with this squad for how last year ended? The the NIT was a little short of what expectations were last year. Then it was a disappointing exit to Kansas. Is there any added motivation from how the year ended last year? Well, I mean, as, you know, as a father, uh, yeah, even for me, right? So I, I hope, uh, you know, I, I know Alexis was, was disappointed not getting back to the tournament. And, and uh, you know, the NIT uh, is a great event. But when you had been to the, the NCAA year, the, the year before, and kind of had the whole group back, uh, you know, certainly it was disappointing. I think the players felt that way. And, you know, hopefully they can, you know, they can rebound. And, and certainly that injury last year that I think, you know, hurt them, but then Allison Widener, you know, tore her ACL again um, a little earlier this year, or maybe they have time to to adjust and get the rotation set. Where that was kind of a mid, you know, a, a mid-season injury last year, which sometimes can affect your your rotation. But yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody could call last season a disappointment, and, and I, I certainly think the players are, you know, hungry to, to get back to the tournament. You know, prove prove them uh, that they belong, and you know, hopefully compete to, to get past the first round and get into this week's game. Husker standout and coach over at Pius, Andy Markowski with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Uh, Andy, last thought here. Uh, I want to get your, your thought on Nebraska landing Britt Prince and uh, what what she can do uh, moving forward. You you watch a lot of high school basketball, and, and she's been just outstanding for a long time. Yeah, you know, certainly a national five-star recruit. You know, we don't have a lot of those that, that come through the so I think it's important to 
that, you know, to be able to keep in-state talent. So, uh, you know, I think Coach Williams and her staff uh, have been recruiting for, 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 for a number of years. So, you know, she had some you know, awesome, you know, national-level programs that have competed for national championships. So to be able to, to, to add her to the roster, I know Alexis will only get to play with her for a year, but I, I think that type of player, you know, hopefully maybe can attract you know, other uh, talented high school kids, maybe the portal this upcoming year to add a couple teachers. So, you know, uh, whether or not her high school career, which has been fantastic, transfers into college, you know, you just never know. But, but certainly, uh, you know, I don't know if any kid has won more. She'll be competing for four straight, you know, state basketball championships in high school and, and certainly has the pedigree to, to hopefully take Nebraska basketball to, to another level. Andy, you've done it. Your daughter's done it. What does it mean to, to stay home and play for the hometown team? Yeah, I was fortunate to talk to, to, to Coach Ann Prince a little bit through the process. And, um, you know, one of the things I, I've noticed is, you know, kids that, that you know, grew up in the state and leave, um, the state, you know, kind of moves on. And, and the kids that, that, that have successful high school careers and stay and become a Husker and, uh, you know, it just it just means more, and you know, I, I think the fans, uh, you know, really rallied behind her own, and you know, I, I think that was probably important for her, and one of the reasons why she decided to, to stay and play in front of, you know, not only the Nebraska fans, but you know, which is a student experience at Nebraska, you know, is the lead, and, and you know, I think all those things are important. Andy, uh, safe travels to to you and your fam, and we'll uh, talk again. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. Thanks, guys. All right, there he is, Andy Markowski, on a roadie to uh, to North Dakota State. Good for him. We're hoping uh, all his tires remain intact on the road trip. Well, sure. We I don't didn't want to jinx it, so we I didn't wanna, say it to him. But we don't want him pulling an, uh, an Elijah Herbal where it's <laughs> we've got to get a new uh, back left tire because bang, it went pop on the way to back to Lincoln. Well, crossing our fingers for Andy. It is good to talk to him though. It's like talking to an old friend. And it's kind of the the reminder that basketball. Oh, he's like, back. <laughs> oh, it's basketball. Uh, that means I can be on it. Andy, the, the mic's always yours, brother. A guy we love talking to, Matt Verzel, uh, former Husker standout. He's with us next on Hale Varsity Radio. Hale Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? When I point you, yeah. On Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio. Let's talk some Husker football with Matt Verzel. As uh, Verz, of course, you find him on Husker Hangover. You enjoy his delicious pizza with Paisans. Verz, what'd you think of Saturday? Um, Saturday was probably the first time in the tenure where I was. I think we all were kind of disappointed in in the output. It, it didn't seem like we were, you know, quite quite ready to roll, and they're just unfortunate. You know, you don't have many opportunities in a season. You only have 12 now, so you got to make sure you take advantage of those. Um, if you just you just need you need your offense to play better. It's just, and they know it, and everybody knows it, but that's just, it's got to start to happen. Let's examine that for a moment. <laughs> Wanting it and getting it are two different things. The effort's completely there. Uh, you feel, and just listening to Satterfield today, that they're trying to get Harburg back to to playing a little bit freer. 
Did you notice any body language or sense any tightness with the moment? I mean, the team was on the doorstep of getting win number six. Rule preaches 1-0 each week, so you're not looking too far ahead. But they just, I don't want to say flat, but they just didn't fly around. Yeah, and, and then inevitably you're going to have a game like that, right? You're going to have a game where something is just off. Nothing feels right. And so you have to you have to battle through that and you have to find a way. Um, you know, and that's, that's kind of what you just got to find something. You got to dig and, and there's got to be something inside it that says, hey, we don't have our fastball today, but we're going to just pitch around this and we're going to make sure we still get this job done. Unfortunately for Nebraska, that that didn't happen. Now, I think all of us, to a man or woman, were still impressed that they worked their way back and had a chance to to win the game. So, you know, in, in the past, those things would not have happened. It, it would have been, well, we go back and forth. It's going to look like something. Nothing's really going to happen. We're all going to get pissed, and away we go. But you know, these kids go out and they they battle and they fought, and and we're looking at like a, a non-quarterback pass for a big play, a pass on a call that, that you hate to look for calls or hope for calls, but a call that could have gone Nebraska's way but didn't. And, you know, you, you, you have to – you just have to get better at, at, at closing games, at being in games. You don't have the luxury to be off for a day. Margin for error, error is is slim and none, and slim leaves town a lot with the, the the football team as it is. Matt Verzel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Find him on Twitter at Verz51. You, you mentioned the call, and, you know, that's not why Nebraska lost. The, the, there were several calls, and there were some Michigan State probably didn't like either. Uh, mm-hmm. That said, it, it, it didn't help. How do you handle that? How did you handle it as a player? Because you were in some games that were, there's some legendary calls. I think of the Orange Bowl in '94, and and even as a coach on, on a staff, how do you guys handle when things don't go your way? Take take me through your experience as a player and as a coach. Um, for me, you know, we uh, I, I'm very spoiled. I've had a spoiled coaching career. Um. With winning comes a lot of dislike from everybody else, and I'm fine with that. I, I will gladly accept that. Uh, the thing that I tell our players is that while you're here in Omaha, everybody hates you. Everybody hates the side of you. Everybody wants to see you lose. Um, the further west you go, that amplifies about tenfold. So, <laughs> may not be intentional, but it's going to happen. Just prepare yourselves for calls that will go against you. When you get set calls that go against you, you clap your hands, you walk back to the huddle, you realize you still have the football and you still get to play. So, it, it's all mentally how you handle it. You never want to put anything in the hands of the referees. There's a lot of coaches that will go into the mode of, hey, don't leave it to that call then. You know, and that's, that's great to say. It's all well and good, but you know sometimes it's you, you have to have those tough discussions. Just mentally prepare yourself that it's going to happen, and then when it does happen, it's not nearly as catastrophic as it as it is for the psyche. If you just are mentally like, "Hey, this is going to happen," just get ready for it. Then when it does happen, you're ready for it. Like, okay, no big deal. We'll just keep playing, and keep grinding, and see what happens. 
How did, this goes back a ways, but Nebraska fans remember the Orange Bowl in 94 with the phantom clip on Lance Gray that negated the Dixon touchdown, and then William Pink Floyd at the goal line. I think Barron knocked that football out. What did you see from the, from the Nebraska coaching staff back then, or do you even remember? There wasn't. It, it was never something that was, you know, talked about or mentioned. Or you know, we would we would probably all get more fired up about it than they would. Um, but they would they would tell you if you don't want that to be the situation, don't put yourself in that situation. And, and so you know, their the, the bluntness of it was what I always appreciate and try to carry on. But it, it's the referees are doing the best they can. And are they going to be right all the time? No. Are there going to be calls where it's like, hey, we probably should have called pass interference there. We'll save that in the in the wallet, and later we probably could have had a pass interference called against us. But they didn't call it. So now everybody's square. As long as at the end of the day you feel everybody's even, that's all you can ask for. So it is it is what it is. They're doing the best they can. And if you think you can do better, I am more than positive they will hire you to do so. <laughs> That Verzel's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Verz, let's talk Harburg for a moment and uh, some discussion about uh, Purdy. Do you go maybe to the bullpen? Uh, I, I appreciate this staff wanting to help players work through some ups and downs. And um, what, what's your take here with, with the quarterback situation? It's beyond Harburg. I mean, he needs better line play. It's it's. Ten other guys that need to, to help the quarterback, and the quarterback needs to be on point as well. But where are you at with this quarterback situation? Ride it out or or look elsewhere? Um, it's it's a difficult one because you don't want to seem like you're talking out both sides of your mouth. Sure. Um, with running backs and others, it's been hey, this is what we're doing. Uh, when this happens, we're getting rid of this and we're doing that and, and yada, yada, yada. So if you're going to be that way, you probably have to live that way at all your positions. Now, are we doing that at numerous positions? No. Is it? Is there empathy for Harburg because he's a Nebraska kid? Yeah. Is there empathy for Harburg because we probably all realize that the blocking up front isn't you know, what, what, what would help him out quite a bit? I personally, I, I think shooting some more things that, that fit his skill set, play-action pass, which I think he does a nice job of. You had the ability where you were starting to to do all right running the ball. It wasn't by any means like world-beating, but it was sufficient. And then, you know, you want to you chuck the deep one. That, that The only way that works right now for Heinrich is to make sure that there's a play-action off of that where that safety feels he has to come up and help. Once he comes up and helps, then you know a kid that's crazy fast like Malachi Coleman, he can slide in behind there. Now, now you're you're cooking. So that is also a factor in it. Those things have to to be better. I feel to suit his skill set and what he does. Matt, in your opinion, what went awry for the Husker offense? Because there's been a lot made of Harburg's performance on Saturday. I can agree with you and say I think the offensive line could have played a little bit better, not only protecting him but opening up some running lanes. I just want to get your thoughts on what exactly went wrong because Saturday felt like a regression. There was some maybe just incremental progress through the previous three games, and it felt like that offense regressed on Saturday. What did you see that was causing the offense issues? Um, It speaks a little bit to what we talked about before. I don't think anything during the game was very was very rhythmic. 
you know, no, nothing kind of got into into a zone where like, okay, this this will work. This is how this is going. We can see this play is going to lead to another play down the road. Um, that rhythm that that is so crucial or important to a team never got established. So that that was the difficult thing for me. It, it just looked at times that they were all just and probably not all at the same time, just at varying times, everybody was just one step out of sync. Don't know if that was prep, don't know if it was travel, don't know what it was. Now, you have to give Michigan State credit, especially the fact that as maligned as they are, that team went out and for their seniors on senior day, they went out and played their best game of the year. They, they really did. They did everything they could to win the game. They held on and won that game. So, one of those things Coach Steele always used to have a great line he said well if something wasn't going I said well they're out there trying to win too so <clears throat> you have to you have to look at it in that manner unfortunately for Nebraska just it didn't work out and, and it's a game that sucks to lose because we all are holding hope for that very important number six but this just wasn't the day for number six to arrive Verz, I got to ask you, you look at the three games left, Matt Verzel's with us and uh, host a Husker Hangover. You can find Verz on Twitter at Verz51. Um, interested to, to get your take on these next three. Do you think Nebraska gets to six? Is that a doubt in your mind? I do. I would like to see a lot colder weather on Saturday, <laughs> but it's going to be pretty nice. Um, the crowd, I think can help Nebraska win this game. If they are raucous, if they are ornery, if they make sure it's difficult for, for Maryland to do what Maryland wants to do, which is just run plays, that's that's the fans' role in this game. That That's the fans' MO for this weekend. So if, if they can go out and if you got to get up out there at 630 and get some booze in you so you can be really loud and, and get out there at 630 and do your thing. But that's it, it is a winnable game. Rule said a couple weeks back we can win every game on our schedule, but we can also lose every game on our schedule. The reason I think this game this week is the one is because it is so important. Okay, It is so important because it just gives everybody the chance to just exhale. Get the game won. Get one of your goals accomplished for the season, exhale, refocus, then go back and get ready for your two big games to end the season. That is kind of where I'm at with it, and that's why I think that they can go out and do that this week. I don't see them playing poorly twice in a row. They are probably lucky, though, they played on the road this week because I'm guessing they may have had another Sunday practice if they had played that game at home. It's Matt Verzel, Hale Varsity Radio. Verz, of course, Husker Hangover. More with Verz. We talk Nebraska, Maryland, and Tail Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. A few minutes back here, Hale Varsity Radio. Matt Verzel joins us. And let's shift to uh, tailgate drinks pre 7 a.m. Verzel, you mentioned the prescription for, for Rowdy at 10th and Vine. What are you pouring? Are you pouring a, a bloody? Are you pouring a red beer? Are you pouring an orange beer? What's your breakfast drink of choice? As early as that is, the last time, and it's been a hot minute since I have had a, a beer, I my throat about swelled shut at a tailgate. So evidently I now have developed an issue with the fermented hops and barley. So morning game, I am Bloody Mary guy. The spicier, the better. Uh, got a little snack in there if you get pickles, some green olives. Not really a celery guy, but I'll eat it if you put it in there. But, yeah, I would be Team Bloody Mary. So here's the thing. In my, in my opinion, if bacon. you want to get rowdy. How about bacon? You put bacon on it, on a little uh, on a, on a toothpick? Whatever you want to put in that. Delicious vodka, tomato juice, Worcestershire, <laughs> celery salt, pepper, salt, pepper. I'm good. See, that, that's fine and all, but the, the real recipe, if you want to get rowdy at 11 a.m. on a Saturday, is you start it off with a whiskey. You have that with a side of whiskey. And then right before you go in, vodka Red Bull. That, that's that's the recipe for a rowdy 11 a.m. kick right there. I wish I was 24 again first. <laughs> so last time I drank whiskey, realized <laughs> that probably wasn't my best interest to maintain a life not locked up. I get somehow, my 30s got weird. I got kind of violent when I drank whiskey in my 30s. I drank it for a long time in my 20s. And then Red Bull and me have never got along. I, I can black out on just drinking a Red Bull. No booze involved. I would just rather have the shot of Jaeger than the Jaeger and Red Bull. But I can't, I can't drink Red Bull. That stuff does, they got something weird in there. It doesn't work for me. I can't do Jaeger after spring break a billion years ago. Oh, I do Jaeger right now. I'm looking at a <laughs> bottle of it as I sit here. <laughs> Verge, you, you mentioned uh, Kevin Steele. Do uh, you ever get to play cards with Kevin Steele? We, nope. That was not a relationship that kept Steele and I possessed while I was a student in college that he was a member of the coaching staff. <laughs> oh. I did not have that Tommy Frazier swag. <laughs> That's the old story, isn't it? That that he was playing cards with Tommy's mom on the recruiting trip? That is the story, yeah, as it goes. I'll, you know, next time Tommy's going to ask for confirmation on that. He was in the other night, so it was good to, good to see T. Phrase. He's dropped about 20 pounds. He's looking lean and mean, so good on, good on my guy, T. Phrase. Good enough. Matt, uh, real quick, uh, Scott Waverly to get the playoffs continued. How are you feeling? It, uh, when you make it to this point in the year, there's only four teams in your class that are still playing, so – Everybody's there for a reason. Uh, Waverly staff does a really good job. I've had a, a great time getting a chance to watch their film. Uh, credit to their offensive staff. Their offensive line coach does a, a really, really nice job. Like their their line is about as technically sound as I've seen, and that's that's everybody. Like they are they are good. Um, number nine for them is phenomenal. They they ask him to do a lot, and he does it. And it's fun to watch. He he plays a bruising style of defense. Uh, he does a lot of blocking on offense, which is pretty awesome. I think he plays every snap of the game. He's on the kickoff team. So I am a big fan of his work. Number 11 for them, their quarterback, uh, legit, like straight up, just an athlete. 
like the kid runs their offense very well. He is very patient running the football, so it's cool to see. Um, he lets his linemen do their work, and then he finds a little crease, and he hits it and splits it, and away he goes. So it's going to be a good game. It's always a good game when we get the chance to go to Waverly. My good buddy Corey Worrell is in the administration there, so I'm sure I'll see Corey. He will probably tell me that he thinks I'm number one with <laughs> probably not the right finger. But it'll be – it's always a good game, and it's always a head knocker, and, and it will come down to the end, and hopefully we're on the right side of it. Vers, appreciate you much. Have a good uh, good ball game Friday, and we'll talk again. Thanks, boys. Got to love hearing from Matt, and uh, love uh, spending a few minutes with him, getting thoughts on Husker football, some high school ball. Motsi's going to have that uh, here locally on KFOR. He'll have the play-by-play of Scott and Waverly. So uh, Moats on that call. James chimes in with the breakfast drink for Saturday, and we'll resurrect this for sure with our boy Cranach with the weekend edition uh, Saturday morning. But uh, Old Smoky Mango Habanero Whiskey and Orange Juice all morning before the game. That's some spice. That sounds pretty good. Elijah, you're, you're pausing here. If you can watch the, the show, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel or Hale Varsity Radio Twitter, there's pause. I'm just not sure how I feel about a mango habanero whiskey. That, well, there's, I mean, that's not unique. I mean, mango and habanero go together. Oh, yeah, it's great, but in whiskey? It, it's, it is a whiskey, I think. A mango habanero whiskey. I think that's yeah, probably... Yeah, I mean, that, 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 I haven't that, had it. Neither have I, and it just does not sound with, like it works. Stick with Templeton or Bullet. That's fair. See, like with just ice and water. I've grown up. I got a rental car last week, and I've been doing more whiskey. See, why, why limited? Waste the, why waste the time with the orange juice when you can just go whiskey with a side of whiskey? See, but and, and that's what you suggest. Or if that's too strong for your taste, if you want the you orange juice, ease, you listen. You want to ease into the morning. You don't want to be passed out by halftime. If it goes sideways, then more power to you. You were smarter than all of us. Then, then go with beer with a splash of orange juice on the top if you want that, that morning feel. I'm not a huge mimosa guy, personally. I think they're kind of overrated. But I like the I like a good old-fashioned beer. And then if you want the, the breakfast flair to it, you take a splash of orange juice on top. Not very much, just a splash. There's this 20-ounce. Uh, it's from Germany, and it's kind of a rattler where it's more of a grapefruit, and I forget what it is. God. Um, it's some sort of German deal. But you, you, you put either tequila or va- two shots of vodka or tequila in it. So when it's, it's a double vodka or tequila with this, this Rattler, almost kind of like a um, oh, summer shanty. Shanty, okay. Shanty. And, and that was good for a while. Have you ever had the mango cart? Uh, yeah, it's good. I'm not sure if... I mean, it's going to be a warmer day on Saturday, and that's the thing with the mango cart. It's good with warm weather, but that's a... That's a beer that I think you could take down in the morning because it's got the fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, do you uh, do you look sideways at folks who do an orange beer versus a red beer? I personally prefer the orange beer to the red beer. Do you? I, I, I do. I'm a I'm a red beer guy. Yeah. Joe Mama's a red beer gal, and I don't uh, like tomato juice. Yeah, but and I'm not a big tomato juice guy either. But it works with beer. Like I'll I'll, I'll finish it. Offer mm-hmm. me a red beer, I'll drink it. But like I'm I'm not going to go choose if I got a lineup of things to drink. Red beer is near the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. I know it's a Nebraska tradition, so I don't mm-hmm. want to be too, you know, treasonous You don't want your here. Husker card pulled. I don't, I don't want to be treasonous, but it's just, it's eh. We'll uh, 
get you set up lineup wise as we are on the road Thursday. You can get a red beer, can get a Bloody Mary, can get a big old steak or a pork chop. Uh, the wall of whiskey is very real. Over 200 different whiskeys and bourbons to choose from. We want to see you down at the single barrel as we're on the road Thursday this week with Hale Varsity. Get ready for Nebraska, Maryland. We're up at the Hale Varsity Sports Bar and Grill Friday, Nebraska. Maryland, and then we're back at the Single Barrel, 7 to 9 a.m. A little brunch and breakfast, kegs and eggs. Uh, come see us at the Single Barrel Saturday morning, 7 to 9. So we get you ready for Nebraska and Maryland. A busy show today. We'll have a stream comment that puts our brain to the test when it comes to 70 muscle cars. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time on a Tuesday. Many thanks to Mitch Sherman, Matt Verzel, and our dear friend Andy Markowski talking Husker hoops, men's and women's. Tomorrow, Mike Babcock, Mr. Husker Football, Evan Bland will join us again at the Single Barrel Thursday. Come see us. Reminder to buckle up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, where you can get the podcast and download it. Tell a friend. Subscribe. Give us a re action and review we're happy to take the good the bad the ugly also find us on the hail varsity youtube channel or the hail varsity radio twitter feed find and send me. us a tweet too as you mentioned the twitter page send us a tweet here and let us know your morning drink of choice yeah well we have some of those in here to our direct tweets at schmidt underscore radio or at herbal essence dan chimes in trust me get yourself some paps hard coffee kind of tastes like chocolate milk great breakfast beer dan thanks for that troy Says put beer with Bloody Mary mix, that'll work. Stiegel was the, the 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 beer I was reaching for, that kind of grapefruit rattler where you make a grave digger, and that's uh, two shots of tequila or two shots of vodka. Not either, but you pick two of one, and you put it in there with uh, the, the Stiegel. And uh, that's, uh, that's pretty decent. I, so, I should note, since we got Dan's suggestion in, I am also a big, in the morning, like Irish coffee. Now, and I don't go... You put Bailey's in there? I don't. I just put a shot of whiskey in with black coffee, okay. and it puts a little hair on your chest, but man, does it get you ready to go. It's in the called the too. Harrison Ford. <laughs> that's what's what that's called. Uh, Mike, Iron Mike chimes in. Chris and, and Herbal, if, you've, if you were in the 70s in a buddy cop TV show like Starsky and Hutch, what car would you drive? Would you have a show closing catchphrase or gesture? <laughs> well, I, I think to me... And I'll lead off here. I have some real answers. But in all seriousness, I think a buddy cop show with Schmitty and Herbal would be a quasi-comedy. It'd be serious, but there'd be the funny moments. Because neither of us are... We're, we're not built like, you know, those these hard-nosed detectives. I'm not TJ Hooker, we, right. We, I'm not Briscoe from Law & Order. So we'd probably drive around in a Volkswagen Beetle. I don't think so. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, I did some, some muscle car research. My dad used to have a... a uh, Roadrunner. That was one of his his pride and joys in the seventies. Dad had a good a good time in the seventies, from what I'm told. Uh, I think the seventies Camaro's sweet. I think the big horse Mustang is sweet, but I'd have to probably draft the Grand Torino. Mm-hmm. Love the movie, but I love the vehicle. 
And I think that's, forgive me, it's been a while since I've seen Starsky and Hutch. But is that what they had? Do they have a Torino? Let's look it up. Googling Starsky and Hutch's vehicle. I love the movie. It, in fact, was a Grand, Grand Torino. Torino. Yeah. So I would, a 1976. Uh, right. I would go with a, a Grand Torino. Okay. Personally, if it's not the Volkswagen Beetle for the comedy element, there's two, two cars. Do you want a 70s? Why don't we get a 70s Volkswagen bus? Oh, for a road trip. Well, I'm saying if, if we were I'd in a 70s. It'd be fun to change a tire in one of those. <laughs> well, you just, I mean, any time you're driving a Volkswagen bus from the 60s, it's assumed you're a dirty hippie. Well, those things are stupid expensive nowadays. I'm not well, sure I'm sure, because people live in them. Yeah, they're stupid expensive. But if I'm going buddy cop car. Surfer bra from California, that's his home as well. Yeah, and like maybe that'd be a good it's buddy cool. cop one. But give me a, okay, there's two. If it has to be American, I want the Plymouth Barracuda. Barracudas are sweet. Sweet cars. No, you go with the Barracuda. But if I'm going just like dream car, give me a Lamborghini Mira. Expensive, maybe. Can the, the TV studio afford it? Probably not, but I still want it You're yet. going man, Miami Vice on us, which I, I appreciate. Back at four tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in to Hale Varsity. A Huda Media Production.